Welcome to Masterminds and Maintenance, a podcast for those with new ideas and maintenance. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. Each week, I'll be meeting with a guest who's had an idea for how to shake things up in the maintenance and reliability industry. Sometimes the idea failed, sometimes it made their business more successful, and other times their idea revolutionized entire industries. Today, I'm excited to actually welcome back to our show, Ricky Smith, Maintenance and Reliability Best Practices Advisor. You've got a ton of different titles behind your name, CMRP, CM, CMRT. Um, it's really great to have you back and good to see you again, Ricky. <laughs> yes, good. Good to be here, man. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, just to jump in, you know, for those of you who haven't been able to listen to episode three, where Ricky was also on our podcast again, you know, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself, share a little bit about your background and, and how you got into this industry again, Ricky? Okay, my name is Ricky Smith. I've been in the, uh, the maintenance and reliability business since uh, went into 1972 when I went to the U.S. Army. Went to work, uh, when I went in the Army, went to school for rebuild on all the equipment at the time, what the U.S. Army had. Worked with civilians for a number of years. Got out, went to work for a small company called Exxon. Worked at a refinery because my dad worked there. There's the only way you get a job there. So I got into maintenance at Exxon. Left there, went to work for a company, Alumax, Mount Holly which is now Alcoa, Mount Holly, world-class plant. That's where really I learned the, the really the principles of foundation of world-class maintenance. And it really stuck in me ever since. Since then, I've been a maintenance supervisor, maintenance manager, maintenance engineer, now maintenance advisor, maintenance consultant, whatever you want to call me, maintenance <laughs> educator. So, you know, that's basically it. I'm a certified maintenance and reliability professional, CMRP. I have the certified maintenance and reliability technician certification and a certified reliability leader. All those things don't mean anything, but just to take it some tests, that's all. So, <laughs> got well, lucky you shows, Yeah, I mean, it definitely shows your depth and expertise within the field, you know, decades of experience. You are one of my favorite people to, to follow on LinkedIn. You've got so much education, so much that I learn from every single day. So really appreciate that, Ricky. And it's really great to have you back on this show. You know, last show we talked, we br briefly, briefly talked about ISO 14224, and we wanted to dedicate a full show and a full podcast episode to that. So that's really what I would love for us to jump in. Um, could you give us a quick background behind what, what is 14, ISO 14224? What is it? Why is it important, Ricky? ISO 14224 is the international standard. And it's basically focused on the maintainability and reliability data. And to make sure that, that we align our data, you know, properly with our CMMS, but also not just with our CMMS, but also to be able to, we can assimilate the data to make the right decisions and maintenance so we can make it, our equipment more reliable. If you ever heard of, um, excuse me, ISO 15,000, what that is, is the ISO document for asset management. So what I'm going to talk to you today about is the ISO 14224, and that is a different document. A lot of people get these mixed up. 14224, you know, covers this idea around asset or data integrity around your assets. Um, we, we know from so many different customers and prospects that we hear that data integrity is always a big issue for them. Um, and then we hear on the other flip side where you have so much data, you don't know what to do with it. Right. You know, I, I think the, the main thing that would love to get some insight in 
is how do you prioritize what pieces of data are important? And what does well, ISO 14224 say? Well, it, one of the things that talks about the collection and exchange of reliability and maintainability data, you know, for equipment. And it's an international standard for collecting the data to help you manage maintenance of your assets. That's really the objective of it. And that includes the reliability data. Now, the whole thing around it is, is one is how do you structure your CMMS? How do you structure the hierarchy and your CMS? So you can actually look at across your organization and find out a few things. One, am I managing my assets effectively? And if I manage my assets effectively, I want to know where are my problems? And I said 14224, when you look across how they've got it set up from a hierarchical standpoint, you know, you can break it down from there and determine, okay, so in what areas or overall am I having problems? And then I should be able to break it down from there from not just that, but down to even a lower level of it. It starts out with at the top of ISO 14224, talks about whatever industry you're in. So if you're in oil and gas, in fact, ISO 14224, it says for oil and gas, but it's really, it's the only standard for the collection of maintainability and reliability data and the dissemination of it to drive improvements. So it starts out with the industry and then a business category. So like if you're in oil and gas or you're in the, or you're into drilling, or you're into to refineries and so on. Then it gets down to installation, and then, or it could be plant. I tell people, don't get too broken up into, into the, the equipment taxonomy or the natural grouping of the equipment. But when you get down to the, the equipment unit, okay, and you get down to the, the uh, components, the maintainable item, that's usually where I stop. As far as the part, the part ought to be in the CMMS underneath the component of maintainable equipment underneath the subunit or your asset that you have it under. So we can make sure we're managing the right information. A good example is if we have problems in our, in our organization or one asset, we may have a similar asset that we have the same problem, but if we don't have it correlated correctly in our CMMS, then we don't know if we're having the same problem. Yeah. So this whole thing about assimilation of data is assimilated and then to be able to determine, you know, where are my resources going, my time, my people, and money, and making sure that when I'm driving improvements in asset reliability, that I know I'm doing the right thing because I'm getting the right data, I'm getting accurate data. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong on this, Ricky. The whole premise of ISO 14224 is this idea of categorization and creating hierarchies of your data so that you can draw basically reports on similar assets, similar trends, and draw, draw conclusions so that you can drive action. So, so what I'm hearing is like, you know, a lot of our customers, you know, they've got an asset list, right, of let's call it HVACs and boilers. Um, and if a boiler goes down, for example, when when they go out to repair, let's, not, let's call it not that same exact boiler, but a similar, um, similar boilers, you know, at a different plant, they want to be able to associate the data and repair history of a previous boiler that went down with this, this new one. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and when you, when you know it's on a boiler, there's only certain items on boilers and they may be, a different manufacturer boiler or whatever, but a lot of the maintainable items are gonna be similar. Yeah. Are they having the same problem I'm having? Or across a plant, like if I'm at a plant 
Am I having the same problem on one side of the plant or on the other, on one production line or the other? I got overhead cranes or all my overhead cranes having the same problems, but they have different assets, but similar components. Does ISO 14224 give any like very tactical advice about how to categorize and create structures and hierarchies? Yes. And it was there's really there's five levels. Okay. Talks about the industry, talks about the business category, the installation, the plant, you know, because some, some installations may have, you know, multiple you know, sites on there, so the plant or unit category. Then you get down to the, the system level. And then it goes down into even lower now in equipment class, like equipment class be level six is pumps, as an example, or motors. Level seven gets down to lubrication of the pump. You may go down to level eight, maintainable item, and this may be a, a gearbox. So that pump may have a pump, a gearbox, so the pump is a, is a system itself. Mm -hmm. And then we have a gearbox in that system. And then in that gearbox, we have a bearing. So it breaks it all the way down to that level. Now, most companies don't go to that level because like parts, like the bearing, I don't like to use the part in ISO. I like to look at the parts consumption coming out of my CMMS because the parts that are coming out of my CMMS, if I'm using a high degree of bearing, certain type bearings, it's probably a like equipment across my assets. And yeah, ISO could do that, but I can do it much faster by using, you know, consumption. How many parts are being checked out? What parts are being checked out? What type yeah. of parts are being checked out? And then exactly. I do root cause analysis of that. And typically it's gonna be one or two things causing most of the failures. Yep, absolutely. So you talked about ISO 14224 being initially created for oil and gas. I'm curious, you know, now that it seems like it's evolved a little bit, who is it for? You, you mentioned In, many any different industry. Industries. Any, any industry, industry. doesn't okay. matter. What about in terms of where within their maintenance and reliability life cycle and journey should I start thinking about ISO 14224? Is it at the beginning? Is it, you know, once I've matured quite a bit as a maintenance and reliability organization? The best thing to do is if you have a chance, if you're putting in a new CMMS, the best time to start when you put a new CMMS in is making sure we're, we've set up our hierarchy according to ISO 14224. And there are many people out there, if, if you talk to someone about ISO 14224, like I'm consulting, and look at your deer in the headlight look saying, okay, I'm going to find someone else. You know, <laughs> in your back of your mind, you're saying that. But really, that's what I'm saying. Okay, this guy didn't know what I'm talking about. Okay. So <laughs> they may say, okay, what about ISO 55000? And that's what I was mentioning earlier. But ISO 55000 is for asset management, the next higher level up. What we're talking about is down to the maintainability and reliability data side. And that's what's important right now in the CMMS. Do we have the structure right to tell us are we do, what are the bad actors? Are we having you know, similar failures across like equipment? And if we are, if we solve it at one, will it help all the rest of the equipment, the like yeah. equipment? So actually, I would love to talk a little bit about that point. What's the difference between 15,000 and 14,000? 55,000 and 14,224. Like, I, I understand one is focused on the collection of data and maintainability, and the other is focused on the asset management piece. Can you explain what's the difference? ISO 55,000 is, is a standard for asset management. And, and it's really, it's a focus upon the purpose and application of asset management within organizations. You know, it talks about as a standard for asset owners, regulators, and certification bodies. It's a higher level. 
you know, and it's really to realize the benefit in uh, an organization to acquire knowledgeable people capable of, of applying an asset management certification process. So it's a certification process, okay? So at the same time, can be used a process, you know, that, that process to, to add value really to the business. And that's what it's all about. You know, so when we look at it, there's a, in fact, there's a governing body and the governing body is called the um, Global Forum on Asset, on Maintenance and Asset Management. Global Forum on, on Maintenance and Asset Management is really what the competency specification is for ISO 55001. So, so 55000 is the standard, and this actually breaks it down to get more detail. In fact, if you look at all the organizations that, that, that work in this document, there's everything from in Australia, Brazil, Europe, you know, and, and then like in the U.S., we have uh, SMRP, and then really around the world, SMRP, we have PMAC in Canada, and then we have, you know, Sam, Samon in uh, South Africa. So there's a lot of different organizations that are aligned with this standard. Yeah. So Ricky, I'm curious, what happens if we don't adopt a standard for asset hierarchy categorization? What have you seen companies get wrong and what actually happens when you don't use this? And how can I tell if this is happening to us today? We have good data. I mean, if you're making decisions, the right decisions, that means you got good data. Your data is telling you what you need to do. And you got leading and lagging KPIs. And if you have good data and it's input and it's correlated properly, then we should be able to make the right decision. That's why I said 14.224 is so important. You know, the correlation of that maintainability and reliability data to make, help us make the right decisions at the right time. And that's, that's what's important about it. Who should be making these decisions? Do you think that this is the job of a planner, a scheduler? Is this a job of a reliability engineer? Is this a job of a, you know, technician whenever they have a few minutes at the end of their day? No, it starts at the high level. I mean, for one, it's got to be management has to understand, is this the standard that I need to follow in order to give me the criteria I need to be able to maintain my data, my information, and my assets reliably? Because a lot of times we don't maintain our assets in a reliable state because we don't have good data. We're making decisions on the fly. You know, without good data, we, we're lost. We're, we're in a sea that we don't know which direction to go. And that's basically what a lot of organizations are. That's why they keep seeing the same failures over and over again. Because they don't have the correlation between the data on one asset and the data on another asset. Yeah. And it's got what I heard from you, Ricky, is that it's got to come top down. It's got to start at the top at the leadership level. If you don't get that buy-in, you know, it's not enough to just do it whenever you get an extra five minutes at the end of your day to say, all right, go and recategorize all of our assets, build that hierarchy, build that tree, um, and start looking at trends. It's got to start at the top. Yeah, and, and you've got to put the data in accurately. That's when it comes to a planner scheduler. The person that should ensure that we have accurate data on the work order when it's closed out, it goes in this, into the CMMS or EAM. It's got to be the planner. The last person is calm, not in a reactive mode. They're there to, to look at it and say, yeah, the data's correct now. Then I'll close it out. Now, the supervisor, the supervisor looks at it first because they say, yeah, this is all the data I want. But then the planner, the last one, calm. Because the maintenance supervisor's usually got their hair on fire. <laughs> okay, I mean, they're racing around chasing fire, chasing problems. And so they're, they're saying, okay, yeah, the data looks good to me. 
and the plan of sitting back comes and oh yeah yeah we need to be doing that first that next that next yeah okay i got it that code was wrong so i put it in the right code now i'll close it out yeah all right so definitely you know some really good tips on how to effectively manage your your data and use some of the iso standards that were created today so if you guys haven't checked it out iso 14224 you can check it out. I'm sure you could just Google it and find the entire resource. Yeah, you could download it off the internet. I mean, they think I forgot how much it is. It's not much, but it's a good resource to go to. If you need more information, they can send me an email, you know, at askrickysmith at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to share. I've done some structure with it, and, and I'll be glad to share those documents with them. Awesome. Ricky, you're so generous with your time. And to all of our listeners, you know, Ricky is one of the smartest people, most, most, uh, you know, educated folks in this industry and space. So definitely take them up on that offer. <laughs> Making my head big, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, thank you again, Ricky, for joining us. Thank all you to right. all of our listeners for tuning in to today's Masterminds and Maintenance. My name is Ryan Chan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or also directly at ryan at onupkeep.com. Until next time. <laughs>